Failure is not an option. What difference at this point does it make? Nobody said it was going to be fun. This is Real Talk, a fearless, poignant, and intrepid show where truth speaks louder than words. This is Real Talk with your host, Audrey Russo. It's a shame, not of this world, so we live on the run. We keep our eyes set, eyes on what is to come. It happened before, it will happen again. It's just a question of when. Time's a luxury we don't have. Hello, my friend and neighbor. This is Pat Boone. And just like you, I'm listening to Audrey Russo on Real Talk. Harkin! Welcome back. If you're just joining us, this is Audrey Russo, and you're listening to Real Talk. Energy shortages, supply chain crises, baby formula shortages, and coming to an empty shelf near you, food shortages. What in the world are these elitists doing? Well, we're going to discuss this and more with my next guest, direct from South Africa. For my new listeners... Dr. Peter Hammond is the founder and director of Frontline Fellowship, the founder and chairman of Africa Christian Action, the director of the Christian Action Network, and the chairman of the Reformation Society. He is the author of several best-selling books, including Faith Under Fire in Sudan, In the Killing Fields of Mozambique, Slavery, Terrorism, and Islam, The Historical Roots, and The Contemporary Threat. It's my great pleasure to give a real talk welcome back to Dr. Peter Hammond. Welcome back, Peter. Thank you, Audrey. Good to be back with Real Talk. Always great to have you with us. And we're going to begin with this. There was another Muslim attack. Of course, it's not being reported that way. They're saying gunmen. But uh, there was another Muslim attack on Nigerian Christians, and at least 50 were murdered while they were in a church service on Sunday. Would you share a little more on that for us? It's absolutely shocking. You know, just in a five-year period, Audrey, there were 1,000 churches in northern Nigeria attacked, 1,000 churches attacked, and 17,000 Christians murdered oh my in just a five-year period in northern Nigeria. Now, I'm sure most of those were never reported in yeah, the they mainstream, mainstream media. I doubt yeah. that 
the Bolshevik Broadcasting Corporation or the Clinton News Network or any other of these slime magazines, Newspeak, Useless News and World Report. I doubt if any of them reported this, but Christians are being targeted in Nigeria. Now, when some Christians fight back, that might get some news headlines. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, uh, Muslims attacking Christians, nothing to see here. You know, keep walking by. Uh, there's got to be something else we can distract you with. But I've been to northern Nigeria, been to Jos, which is the flashpoint, and uh, some of your listeners may remember this, uh, but maybe many don't. Back in 9-11, in 2001, when the World Trade Center was attacked, there was a simultaneous attack in northern Nigeria on churches and Joss, and Muslim mobs came out of the mosques. This, it, it was on a Friday, and they were screaming, Allah Akbar, and they came out and they burned down so many churches, hundreds of homes, all throughout Jos, Nigeria, uh, which is the northernmost Christian city in, in uh, Nigeria. It's surrounded on almost three sides by Muslim-majority territory. The 12 northern states in Nigeria are uh, Islamic Sharia law states, and the southern 24 are not. So Nigeria is a country with almost equal Christian-Muslim split. Uh, but the Muslims are mostly in north, the Christians are south. What makes Nigeria different is the oil is in the south, in the Christian areas, and the Muslims want it. But as, uh, and uh, Nigeria is also the sixth largest oil-producing country in the, on earth. Uh, all of that, just the background, uh, Boko Haram, the, the terrorist group that's targeting the churches, I've seen how the journalists in the West, when they refer to Boko Haram at all, uh, say Western religion is sacrilege. Now, Boko Haram are two very simple words. Boko means the book, which in Islamic parlance is always the Bible. And haram means it's not halal. So halal is acceptable and haram is forbidden. So uh, what they're actually saying is Bible is forbidden, Boko Haram. I mean, that's basic Islam, basic Arabic. And uh, the journalists have, have mistranslated Boko to be Western culture <laughs> and, well, of course, we know haram is forbidden, uh, but they've suddenly got now... Uh, Western culture sacrilege out of what is the Bible is forbidden, Boko Haram, which is the name of the Al-Qaeda-affiliated terrorist group that's been targeting thousands of Christians, hundreds of churches. Well, in fact, let me make that more accurate. Thousands of churches have been targeted and tens of thousands of Christians have been murdered in the last 20 years of this Boko Haram terrorist insurgency in northern Nigeria. So it's pretty horrific. However, having said that, the Christians in northern Nigeria are strong and they're standing fast and they're refusing to be intimidated and they're fighting back. I've been invited to northern Nigeria and I've ministered there a number of occasions and I've gone to churches where they've got sandbags outside the church, they've got machine guns posted to protect their churches and they've got guards at the gates and uh, some of these churches are built like fortresses for very good reason. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's it doesn't stop the Christians gathering and, and worshipping. The churches in Nigeria are very strong even though Islam is targeting them and uh, mercilessly. So uh, it's surprising that every now and then the media will let you know that there's targeting of churches in Nigeria, right. but they don't normally let you know who's doing the targeting, do they? No, they don't. As a matter of fact, they and that is the reason, they're, as you just uh, stated, that's the reason they're being targeted by Muslims, toward Christians, but instead, I looked at the mainstream media, how they reported it, and all of them said they were looking for a gunman. They, nowhere in the articles did they mention Muslim, and that's a lie, and they know that. Yes, so 
you don't want to ruin a good story and narrative with the facts. And the facts <laughs> can really ruin a good story. So, for example, they want to blame the gun. You know, it's the gun's fault. So it's mm -hmm. not Islam. It's not jihad. Uh, just like it's not um, mind-altering drugs that are often a common denominator between people who shoot up schools and, and other uh, places. They, they don't want to see uh, anything to, to learn there. So, for example... Uh, just take my country. I actually read the police reports and, and the annual reports on crime analysis. Do you know that the vast majority of murders in South Africa do not involve a firearm? The vast majority of murders are with blunt and sharp instruments. In other words, clubs and knives kill more people than guns. That's obviously not a good fact to report, so leave that out the way. Okay. Most murders in South Africa take place on Friday and Saturday night in and around bars and other places and establishments that serve alcohol and drugs. Most of the murderers are under the influence of drugs and alcohol at the time of the murder, and most of the victims are under the influence of alcohol and drugs at the time. That's also, that's not relevant, because the most important thing is that uh, a metal object is to blame, correct? You know, yeah. let's not look at the human motivations uh, of that. And so you can see time and again, there is this uh, attempt to take away the context. So where do mass shootings take place? Do they take place on... Uh, shooting ranges yep. or in police stations or yep. uh, gun shows? No, funnily yep. enough not. Uh, they happen in gun-free zones. Now, isn't that strange? So here you've got, in America, I believe you've got your, your airports are protected by people with guns, your, par your Congress is protected by people with guns, right. Biden's protected with people with guns. But when it comes to your schools, well, they can be protected with a, this is a gun-free zone uh, poster or um, um, yeah. clock. And that doesn't make much sense. I believe in Israel... There were a spate of terrorist attacks by the PLO, Palestinian Liberation Organization, on Jewish schools back in the late 1960s. And the result was that the Israeli government armed teachers with assault rifles and so on. And a whole lot of retired grandfathers came and sat at the school uh, entrance with a rifle over their knees. And lo and behold, would you believe it, there hasn't been a school shooting in Israel since about 1971. Wow. So, you know... Those facts kind of get in the way of those people who say guns cause these things. Well, mm -hmm. funnily enough, it seems that the only thing that can stop a bad person with a gun is a good person with a gun. And right. isn't it interesting, the people who are against prayer and who are against guns, they are surrounded by security companies and bodyguards who carry guns. And if there's a crisis, they pray that a man with a gun will get there to protect them. So I think they're all a bunch of hypocrites like Justin Trudeau, the dictator of Canada, saying that nobody except the government's got a right to have a gun. Now, he's surrounded by people with guns. Right. And he's always going to be surrounded by people with guns. And yet he doesn't want other people to have the right to be able to defend themselves. I think that's serious hypocrisy and double standards. Absolutely. And, of course, they know that there aren't enough police not, not that, as we saw in Texas, that they were going to do anything anyway. But uh, it, it, they know that, that they have less police. And when they have less police, so, so it, he makes a statement like that, Trudeau, that uh, there's absolutely no reason why someone should have a gun every day. And I'm thinking, yeah, to protect ourselves from the cr criminal element that you have been encouraging. Then, and now, if, if it wasn't bad enough that the globalist pigs, and I have to say that, stole our fundamental rights during a scamdemic, but as soon as they were losing the grip on, on that scam, they went back to their communist roots. First things first, grab the gun. And a coincidence of multiple shootings occurs on cue to work with this anti-gun rhetoric. At least one so far of those shootings, the one in Buffalo, it's been uncovered that former feds, 
were provoking the shooter to do what he did. Oof. That's why it disappeared from the news, but it, di- it was uncovered. So, to, and as you mentioned, to our north, we have globalist uh, Trudeau clearly taking weapons away from his people. Why are these supposed leaders of free, of free people trying to disarm their own populations? Well, the people might be having a heritage of freedom, but obviously the leaders don't want them to stay free. Have you noticed that the countries where they were able to have the lockdown the harshest and where they were able to break into people's homes, arrest pregnant mothers, um, pepper spray grandmothers standing over them, two youngsters pepper spraying them, kicking people in the head, and all these brutalities that's going on, whether you're talking about Canada, Australia, New Zealand, have you noticed those are the countries where they first disarmed the people and, and stripped them of their guns? And of course, Red China, obviously Red China, who's given us the model. So the only reason you haven't seen the same kind of brutality in America enforcing mask mandates and vaccination, uh, salvation by vaccination, COVID cult, is because there's still a few million people in America with firearms. And that's a bit of a damper, isn't it, on tyrants? Because there's always the danger that people are going to shoot back. Yeah. And um, and, and uh, there was this uh, uh, interesting picture, uh, Charlie Brown one, where uh, Charlie Brown's asked, well, why, why do uh, governments always want to take away our guns? And the answer from Charlie Brown is, because they're planning to do something that we would shoot them for. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and unfortunately, that's not just a joke. That's, that's it's true. true. It's true. The, it was Joseph Stalin in the Soviet Union who said, we don't allow people to have free ideas. So why would we uh, allow them to have guns? Uh, Guns and ideas are dangerous. We won't allow our our people to have guns and we're not going to allow them to have their own ideas either. We will do the thinking for them and we will keep the guns. So there you've got um, a dictator par excellence, uh, the gold standard for dictators, Joseph Stone. He understands. He understands the fact that if you want to oppress a people, you've got to take away their ability to think and you've got to take away their ability to defend themselves. Yeah, and that's exactly what's been happening. Uh, All of the current crisis we now have since 2020 has been created by the communist slash globalists posing as free leaders. Energy, supply chain crisis, the baby formula, and now food shortages. Now listen to this. 20 so far, 20 food processing plants throughout the U.S. have burst into flames. Uh, And that is a fact. Um, Peter, why is this being done to us? Well, (laughs) if you look at the agenda... 21 and the agenda 2030, it's quite clear that they want to reduce the world's population dramatically. And, you know, wars help, um, but sterilization and abortions and LGBTQ, uh, that really helps a lot more. But of course, pandemics and uh, so on uh, can also help. But when you get down to it, there's nothing that's more efficient at getting rid of a huge amount of population than famine. And this is a man-made famine. So just take South Africa. In 1994, when Nelson Mandela was given the jewel of Africa, the superpower of Africa, South Africa, we had 70,000 commercial farmers. That's all, just 70,000 white commercial farmers, but they were feeding 100 million people. Wow. Now, our population was only 28 million then, but we were feeding four times the population of South Africa. Well, through government policies targeting farmers, they have managed to bring the number of commercial farmers in South Africa down to under 30,000. But those 30,000 are still feeding 
40 million people. I mean, that's pretty impressive. 30,000 farmers feeding 40 million people. But the trouble is South Africa's population has doubled in the last 27 years. Now we've got 60 million people. So now South Africa needs to import food, including, would you believe it, from Ukraine. Unbelievable. We oh used to export food. We used to produce four times more than we need. But now South Africa has been brought down to where we are dependent on imports. And so you, it's hard not to take seriously what the World Economic Forum, the Klaus Schwab's of this world, when they speak about COVID-19, the Great Reset, and the Fourth Industrial Revolution, transhumanism, and Bill Gates and the others, who's speaking about the need to bring the world's population dramatically down from 8 billion down to under 500 million. And now, most people don't take this seriously. And if you yeah. quote this, somebody says you're being a conspiracy theorist. But this isn't the theory. These are published facts. And the... COVID-19 and the Great Reset is not a book written about the World Economic Forum. It's written by Klaus Schwab, yeah. the founder and the leader of the World Economic Forum. Uh, these are not theories. This is what the globalists are saying, publishing openly. And they talk about transhumanism and the fourth industrial revolution and the Great Reset openly as their goals. They want to bring the world's population down. And part of the goal is to greatly reduce the amount of agricultural uh, self-sufficiency. They don't want countries to be self-sufficient. They want all countries to be dependent on globalism. In fact, in a sentence, the goal of the globalists is a world globalist economy, a welfare state where everyone is dependent on the state for everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that uh, the, the problem here in, in this country is now uh, Republican voters uh, and even independents that voted for Trump, uh, we don't, basically, we don't have any representation any longer because they have been quiet. And I'm just wondering how they were able to do this, not only here, but in Canada and elsewhere, when there were people that were put into office that supposedly we're supposed to be serving us, and why are they quiet while this is happening? Well, I think the way it's been depicted us is there's a whole lot of just unrelated random accidents that you, you just can't help it. Inflation's going to skyrocket, and unemployment's going to skyrocket, and uh, you just can't help. All these things are going to happen, and there's going to be famines and wars, and, and there's nothing the government can do to stop it, and so on, except, of course, you've got to pay high carbon taxes, and so on. This is going to somehow help. But, uh, and this from governments that routinely steal from their populations. But interestingly, at the end of 2016, Donald Trump gets elected president of the United States. From the beginning of 2017, we suddenly see how, with some good management by a businessman, a successful businessman, all of these problems are suddenly resolved and America becomes energy independent yeah. and the economy booms and unemployment goes down dramatically and you can see all kinds of uh, trade in, uh, inequalities rectified and uh, extraordinary, suddenly you realize actually a lot of these problems are not that, uh, unless the politicians were just unbelievably stupid, it's more like they would have done the right thing sometimes by accident. But you could see that it was the goal of these politicians to break the country down. And so suddenly we get a businessman in the White House and suddenly all these problems are solved very rapidly and there's no new wars and the world's heading towards phenomenal peace and the economy's just going on up, up, up. And then we have this unbelievably rigged, well, we know the scamdemic, plandemic, uh, but then you have the most rigged election ever. 
And I think that's been well documented by Denise D'Souza's 2,000 Mules. And yes, that yes. wasn't even looking at the Dominion um, right. accounting system, right. so computer software. That's just looking at the mules. And, of course, there's, there's so much more out there, too. But plainly, the fact is that Donald Trump obviously won the 2020 election and the mafia gang cartel uh, cabal of criminals in the White House right now are criminal enterprise. And uh, plainly, America is under a fake government. And uh, yeah. uh, you you have had a fake election and you, a lot of fake votes. And the result is a manufactured crisis, which is accelerating America towards the goals of Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, the Great Reset, transhumanism, and the Fourth Industrial Revolution, as the World Economic Forum has wanted. And just when it seemed that the scamdemic was waning and people's interest in it was getting really stretched thin, they suddenly come up with a war with Ukraine or war through Ukraine with Russia. And uh, hey, presto, suddenly we've got another good excuse for why people have to be starving uh, in the 21st century. So no, I don't think any of these things are accidents. In fact, let me just quote from uh, the American president uh, um, who said, nothing happens by accident in politics. If it happens in politics, you can be sure it was planned that way. Yeah. Well, that's true, of course, because this, to me, has been blatant, or maybe I'm finally awake to, to see what they are doing to how quickly we went down, how quickly... And it's stunning. I mean, they, they, this is so carefully planned. It's just not an oops. They're not just trying something. They already knew what they were going to do. But I think that uh, it, it, what's disturbing to me is, look, uh, you, know, you know that the, the devil is evil, okay? But then you put people in to stop the devil, okay? It's the people that were supposed to be standing against these things for representing their people that did not do it. They did nothing. And that is what's disturbing. You, we are being ruled by traitors yes. who are guilty of treason. And what they're doing is actually working for nothing less than the stealing of our freedoms. In fact, just consider all the different ways in which governments steal from us. Massive overtaxation but not just stealing our money through massive inflation, which is a hidden tax, but trying to steal our history through the rewriting of history, steal our children through indoctrination in what's meant to be the education departments, steal our future, steal our heritage, even steal our souls by the degeneracy being pumped up by the blasphemy industry in Hollywood. What we are seeing at the moment is nothing less than a globalist attempt to hijack faith and freedom, to suppress and to crush it, it's so uh, reminiscent of what we were warned about in Revelation 13, a one-world government with a one-world economic system and a one-world interfaith religion, and that you need to get a certain mark unless you, uh, or without which you won't be able to buy or sell or trade. Right. And intriguing, uh, the Bible's warnings in Revelation 13 and elsewhere should ring a few bells and yeah. set off some sirens and alarms in all of our heads and minds as we realize that the Lord warned us against this, this deception and this rampant evil. And I do think that what we are seeing is a Luciferian cult of people who literally worship Satan, who have seized control over key parts of our society, because what we're seeing is beyond stupidity. Yeah. What we're seeing is nothing less than malicious evil. It is. 
I, I couldn't agree more. This is demonic in so many ways, especially with uh, what's been happening to, to children. Uh, you know, they don't hide anymore. They do not hide anymore. I'm not sure if you uh, saw this, but they happened of all places in Dallas, Texas, in a gay bar. They had a family-friendly drag show, and they had little kids in there. Of course, it was all illegal to do that, but yet they did it. And it was, yeah, uh, this is beyond the pale. We already knew that that whole movement was after the children in the first place. Because remember, they can't procreate, they recruit. Uh, but this is vile to, I, 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 it's to a degree I, I can't even conceive. I have never seen anything. And blatant and bold, because they know, which is the other problem, uh, the, the media the media is so completely, you know, they're not getting paid by the state, but they might as well be because they are doing everything that this this regime wants. They cover them in every angle. That is a problem. I'm not sure how we're supposed to deal with it. Mm. Well, know? you just take lessons from the mission field. When Christian missionaries first went to the mission fields, like in the Pacific Islands, what they found, naked pagans running around, uh, tattooing themselves all over and sacrificing babies and eating human flesh as cannibals. And, you know, people would look and say, how is this even possible? How debauch is that? Well, today you can go to many of those islands and the great-grandchildren of the uh, cannibals are now wearing clothes and bring up the children to love the Lord and with the scriptures and so on. Mm -hmm. And uh, then we go to the West. And what do we see there? You see a whole bunch of people thinking they've got to run around semi-naked and uh, putting tattoos all over themselves and killing their babies right. and celebrating killing their babies and mourning when somebody passed the law that they can't kill their own babies. So we have really swapped roles. In many cases, the old missionary sending countries have become mission fields and the old pagans have become Christians and the descendants of the Christians have become a new bunch of pagans, and they are so debauched, I don't even know if the pagans in the Pacific Islands would have done as vilely as some of these blasphemous and antichrist pagans are doing in so much of the West. And uh, you can just see the society. It's the Harvey Weinstein, Jeffrey Epstein, Hollywood culture, the Clintons and all the rest. My, it, it's not just that they despise law. They really hate God and his law and his people. And they seem to hate babies, too. Yeah, sure. Of course, they come from God. So we, uh, well, uh, bottom line is we need God back. We need revival. Uh, that's the only thing that's going to change. The hearts have to change. Can't, changing laws mean nothing because these people don't obey laws. Uh, it has to be the heart change, and uh, that's what we, I mean, we definitely need that in America, and I think the, the West needs it, period. Peter, where can listeners follow and support your excellent work and purchase your books? Where can they do that? You can email me at peter at frontline.org.za, peter at frontline.org.za, and our web address is www.frontlinemissionsa.org. So SA stands for South Africa, so Frontline, F-R-O-N-T-L-I-N-E, Mission, M-I-S-S-I-O-N-S-A.org, Frontline Mission, S-A.org. Excellent. And as always, I'll have those links in my after show, which is now on the live show page. Just go to AudreyRusso.com, click on the on-air button, and right under the show description, you'll find all the links and info that Peter just shared. As always, Peter, thank you so much for sharing your brilliant assessments with us. We're looking forward to your return to the show. Until then, may God bless you, your work, and may God save America. 
Bye for now. Thank you. God bless.